Everything you know about health is about to change. Welcome to Straight Talk on Health with Dr. Vincent Medici. Sometimes people suffer not from lack of faith, but from lack of knowledge. This is the show that changes that. If you are tired of being sick, tired of not getting answers, tired of spinning in circles, for healing is not a mystery. It is a miracle that you were designed to experience. It takes hard work and real knowledge. It takes patience and time. It takes the education this show can provide. So get it straight today. Here's Dr. Medici. Good morning. My favorite day of the week. My favorite hour of the week. Sometimes people suffer not for lack of faith, but for lack of knowledge. Wow. I didn't know just how much that was going to mean years ago when I put the words onto that song. By the way, that composer has become rather famous right now in Hollywood. He was unknown at the time, and uh, I won't mention his name, but I had a real champion put that theme together for me. So I keep it years later. Lack of knowledge. Forget the faith issue. Knowledge. History. We're forgetting history. And I'll tell you why. Well, today's show, entitled Show 481, we are approaching Show 500. That means 50 shows a year or so. Show 500, that's 10 years. The 10-year anniversary of Straight Talk on Health approaching. History. The history of medicine. Real important to understand in this moment today. Why? Well, if you go to the website, and if you can't, you can't, but if you can, look at the video I put on. It's a video of Bill Gates being interviewed by some rather low-consciousness journalist who thinks she knows a lot more than she does. And Gates is being interviewed, and she's talking to him and questioning him with this sick complacency in her face. You will note that. And Gates, typically complacent, is answering. It's all about the vaccine and the conspiracy theories about Bill Gates and how he's trying to depopulate the globe and so on and so forth. And my point is, whether this is true or not, or exaggerated or not, whether vaccines are good or not, history teaches us something. There was a guy named John D. Rockefeller. You know Rockefeller Institute. You know the think tank and brain trust of modern medicine. You know the guy who made all his money in oil and then moved into medicine and then moved into a relationship with Louis Pasteur. Well, let's put a little and a few of the pieces together today. And if you can later on or now, get to the website straighttalk.cc. I am going to add another half an hour, 40 minutes to this show and get more into detail and really go into the literature. But here in a clip is the point. John D. Rockefeller, well over 100 years ago, had a daddy. And he had a mommy. 
no, he wasn't hatched. And his daddy was a known felon who ran from state to state being accused of all sorts of things. One of his heinous crimes was selling snake oil. Now, snake oil, if you don't know, was back in the day these guys would come in with horse and buggy and sell potions, health potions. 1840-1850-1870-1880-out-there-in-the-wild-wild-west-and-people-that-were-sick-would-buy-these-potions-and-sometimes-these-guys-were-veritable-honest-herbalists-and-sometimes-they-were-quacks-John-D-Rockefeller
was spearheaded by guys back in the day who were just as famous as Pasteur, just as educated, if not more educated, and just as delivered and awarded, awarded for doing service to humanity for their contributions medically, but that saw how to deal with the microbe very, very differently. It wasn't kill it. It was change the terrain, change the environment. What it comes down to today is, shouldn't Dr. Fauci say, hide from it, but build your immunity? Shouldn't Bill Gates be saying, yes, we'll use a vaccine, but we can't forget the other side of this. And no, this is not being stressed. But let me get back to the story. So Pasteur touts his game, and Beauchamp, this was put in a book. The book is on the site. This book is called Beauchamp. He was a French scientist, a medical doctor, or Pasteur. It's by a woman named Wilson. And you should get it and read it and understand it. It's not just about Beauchamp versus Pasteur, Virchow is quoted. Virchow was the Farden, the father of modern pathology. Claude Bernard, no less famous than the other two. Disease is about the terrain. The terrain is everything. The germ is nothing. The point is, historically speaking, if you study at the time when microbiology was bursting with a Pasteurian model, there were many other medical doctors, microbiologists, physiologists, scientists who were famous, acclaimed, impeccably credentialed, who had another piece of this. Well, the problem with the terrain piece means this today. If you're vulnerable to COVID and you're living on $600 a week, you're in a lot of trouble if we don't have a vaccine. Because this virus targets immunocompromised people and if you don't have the resources to build your terrain, to really build your health, this is a very real concern. And this should be respected by the people who are against the vaccine. But there's another piece to it. And the other piece is, what about if you have options? What about if you have an alternative model to build yourself against this bullying little animal we call COVID-19? And you are ignorant of those options. And our medical institutions are not spearheading educational programs in the name of having you begin to employ with finesse, with nuance, successful regimens that work and that are physiologically, scientifically founded and validated. Why isn't that other half there? And that's called censorship. Well, here's the funny thing about this censorship. This censorship began a long time ago. And the reason it began, one of the great reasons was John D. Rockefeller. Now, I've posted the book on the site. 
It's called Rockefeller Medicine. It's written by a book by a gentleman named Richard C. Brown. Thank you, Richard Brown. Rockefeller Medicine Men. You can buy it. You can buy it from multiple publishers. And it tells the story of Rockefeller hiring a guy named Flexner. Flexner was his henchman. And Rockefeller, who had invested in Pasteur, told Flexner, who was an MD and an educator, to get rid of terrainists, of holistic medicine, of natural medicine. Because remember, at the time, 1900 or so, we didn't really have drugs. Most of your medical doctors were employing what today we would call voodoo holistic medicine. But back then, it's what the most educated men did. Well, when Rockefeller saw the opportunity to create the vaccine and pharmaceutics, he created the Rockefeller Institute and used Flexner as his henchman to go into the medical school curriculums, all of which were under Rockefeller's thumb through donation. Not to mention the Rockefeller University, the brain trust of the world today. All on the side of the kill it Pasteurian model. Now, as I said before, and I want you to get this, there's two dynamics to that. And all the health food devotees out there need to consider this side too. Here's reality. To really protect yourself from COVID when you're poor, when you're broke, when you're living in the hood, when you're living in populated cities that are smog-ridden, the water's filthy, air is horrid, the food you eat is genetically engineered trash that you wouldn't feed to your dog. Well, guess what? Back in the day, during Pasteur's reign, there were a lot of cities in Europe, and those cities were populated by very, very poor people. Now, let's not get in to the whole issue about that. That's not what the show is about. Let's just understand that it is a reality then and today that masses of people live in gross poverty. And if you've got a therapy that provides a better degree of immunity relative to the failure to build health, to build immunity through health practices that cost money. Hey, grandma, grandpa, if you're over 80, over 90 years old, whatever and whoever you are, you want to beat COVID, get out of town. Go to that second house in Canada where the population's 200 people, where your nearest neighbor is two miles away, you see? But that's not feasible. That's not possible. If it was, if the money and resource were there, well, you could employ that. And here's my point. Back in the day of Pasteur, against the terrain theory, Beauchamp, Bernard, Virchow, noting that if you change the internal terrain of the organism, if you build your health, you don't get sick from viruses. But they had a reality, and the reality was tell that to the poor of Paris. 
Tell that to people living in barns with animals, drinking what was called the blue milk. All the raw milk enthusiasts forget that back in the day, there was something called the blue milk. Before we pasteurized milk, it was called the blue milk because it was so laden with toxic, lethal bacteria because the animals were filthy. The cows were starving. The people were starving. You depended on your cow and you knew of cows because cows were on farms, but you weren't in a farm. You were in a factory living in a tenement. And back in the day, if you study history, if you study medicine, people had cows in the apartments, not in the apartment, but in the complex. We have parking lots today. They had cows back then. But these cows were sick, and the milk was blue, and people that drank the milk got deathly ill. Pasteur comes along, and pasteurization, and then the microbes die, and you don't get sick. What? In the name of health food? In the name of natural medicine? You don't support pasteurization? You see? This is the other side to it. But, but, but... What does that have to do with making pasteurization mandatory out there on the farm where raw milk shows a massive advantage in health benefit? So you see, it's always about balance and discretion. And if your soul, if your Christian soul is in the right place, you'll use discretion correctly. We should have healthy vaccines. Healthy vaccines. We should have vaccines ready just in case someday there is a plague. But we shouldn't be turning the coronavirus into one of them by falsifying statistics, nor should we be dispensing with 20, 30, 40 vaccines into children before the age of 40. Because history is repeating itself. And what do I mean? Well, I told you about John D. Rockefeller. What was John D. Rockefeller doing? by hiring Mr. Flexner, who over his terrain, over his despotic rule, over a number of decades in power, mutilated the medical curriculums of America and took out all the natural medicine. You think that's a coincidence? You think that the absence of medicine in medical school curriculums, now ostracized, segregated, forced into a corner as crazy, holistic, non-scientific nonsense, and then unfortunately manipulated by, unfortunately, some of these holistic schools supporting Flexner's original charge. But that aside, do you think Flexner and Rockefeller we're pursuing an honest course. Is that really what censorship is about? Is that really what routing and taking out of the medical textbooks, Bouchamp, Enderlin, Verchow's perspectives, Claude Bernard's perspectives, is that really what that's about? Benevolence? The interest of all at heart? You be the judge. I'll tell you my opinion. No, it is not. Now, what's my point?
Bill Gates, and here he is. Bill Gates, he's a software programmer with a good business sense. How does that make him Jesus Christ? How does that give him the mandate to determine health policy? And don't you see the point? Don't you see what these guys do? Don't you see these guys get very close to pharmaceuticals? And then all of a sudden, only one side of the story comes out. And here we have it again. More than 100 years later, John D. Rockefeller was the, if not one of the, richest men in the world. Look at what he did. Think about my point. Study history. And there's that censorship. And of course, who do they enlist on their side? The clones. Man, you got to be stupid. You got to be stupid in the stupidest way to get the educations in science that cause you to get on the side, blindly so, of vaccines, such that you can't challenge the wisdom and validity against pumping 30, 40, 50 vaccines into children before the age of 10 or 15? Yeah, it's working that way now, and we're setting a precedent we ought to question. Now, against the fact that, well, I'm not going to refer to coronavirus because increasingly, I mean, I don't want to get into it. I put on the site an article this week, major, major, top, impeccably credentialed health officials in Europe have come out pointing out that the mask doesn't work. I mean, it's everywhere. The mask doesn't work. The thing about antibodies when COVID is destroyed by our T-cells. T-cells don't make antibodies. B-cells do. And that this has been understood for months and explains why when we do serology to see if we're approaching herd immunity, we can't calculate it in the normal way. Right now, more than half of California has probably been exposed to this virus. And anyone with a second sense about how our nuggets work would know that this thing has spread. And it has nothing to do with this idea that the masks we've worn since the inception of the mask have prevented most of us from being exposed. This is a crock. And there's so much literature to argue this. Well, then why aren't we getting really sick? Why aren't we seeing an infective fatality rate up at 1%, 2%, 3%, 5%, 10%? Because most of us, the vast majority of us, have immunity, but it's not on the backside of the B lymphocyte. It's the T cell. This is abound in the literature. This is growing. More and more scientists are coming to it. But let's forget all that. Today's show is simply to remind you that if this virus were serious, like smallpox, seriously, like the Spanish flu, seriously, like every one of us, every one of us, every one of us listening to this broadcast today knew someone personally, maybe even in the family, that died. A neighbor, a friend. But you don't, do you? You hear about it, but you don't meet it. And then the media, idiot, extreme radical, Marxist jackasses. The media, 
takes the one example and uses the pulse of the computer frequency to change your perception of threat. When the truth is, if you kick back, relax, and look at the sun rise in the morning and ask yourself, how many people do you know that have died? How many people do you know that have even gotten sick? That should make you very suspicious. So I can't talk about a vaccine in the context of a coronavirus. But if there was a threat, smallpox threat, Spanish flu threat, this kind of threat. If some of the other viruses we've seen in the last 30 years had had a R-nugget, a contagion level, significant, you know, we were spared. I don't think we created all the viruses. If you want to get conspiratorial, I doubt very much if we created all these threatened viruses in the last 30 or 40 years. We didn't have the technology. They came and they will come again. And they could wipe out masses of our population. Why wouldn't we in the human community want something to protect ourselves if this thing really was? So if your soul is in the right place, if you are not driven by profit, then your discernment is godly. It's morally righteous. And you will see common sense applied. What does common sense have to do within the name of immunity? Reducing the concept of it to just pumping endless numbers of vaccines that we're not even sure are safe into people's bodies and then threatening perhaps to make it mandatory. What does that have to do with correct discernment? Mind you, we have a history. Go back to Rockefeller. We have a history of censorship. Go back to Flexner. Now look at Bill Gates. Ostensibly, at least as far as the public. Bill Gates is not the richest man in the world. If you think that, think again. The richest people in the world you don't ever get to hear about. Bill Gates is, you don't know this, just a puppet. Come on. The men at the front run things? You think that's the way it works? Ask yourself why a guy this rich like Rockefeller, tied into Pharmaco like Rockefeller, ask yourself how in God's name this man can be trusted. God bless you. I'll see you next week. Okay, that's a wrap. Don't forget to get to Dr. Medici's website at drmedici.com to look at the pictures and review the show as often as you wish. See you next week. Okay, part two. All right. The critiques state that part one, I didn't make something clear, so I'm going to start by clarifying what maybe I need to clarify. Here's the bottom line. It's about discernment. Vaccines are good and vaccines are bad. The modern vaccine, there's something wrong with it. And whether it's the mercury in it or the mercury after it was taken out of it or something about the way they attenuate the virus 
or the number of vaccines people are getting. There's something askew. There's no two ways about that. We have too many bad reactions. And if Bill Gates is overlooking that in the name of cost benefit, which is a reasonable argument, well, then that needs to be said. And if it can't be said because we have a view that, well, if it hurts one, it hurts one too many. And so let 100 million die. See, there's another side to it. My point is it's about discernment. And discernment means education. And the, the Mikovitzes and people who have another slant on how to deal with the microbe are being censored. And it really is censorship that should trip the switch. Censorship is the flag. And this goes all the way back to John D. Rockefeller. Flexner, and if you're on the site, which you certainly are, Flexner, get a look at this monkey. There's Flexner's face there, down on picture 13. Look at him. Now that guy, he's on a crusade. And he was bankrolled by John D., the oil baron king. And as I said in the first half of the show, John D. Rockefeller, his dad was a snake oil salesman. His mother was a charismatic Baptist. He kept a ledger from the day he was born. He understood money. He understood investment. Well, obviously, he was one of the richest, if not the richest man in the world at the time. And the point is, he went into the Pasteurian model for a reason, that model being kill it. So get the coronavirus and kill it. And he was countered, he was challenged. Look at the pictures of Bouchamp. Well, first of all, the book, they're on picture number two. I mean, these are the kind of books you don't find. You don't see them displayed on Amazon. You have to dig. And this is why it's so unfortunate we've lost the bookstores. Remember the Bodhi Tree bookstore? People that read everything, that know the inside track, put it together in the form of a sacred space on a vortex. And that's what the Bodhi tree was. Many of you don't even know what I'm referring to. The Bodhi tree bookstore was on Melrose in the West Hollywood area, Melrose just off La Cienega. And it was an icon. There was another one up. The original one was up in San Francisco. Now, how does a young person find this in the history? They don't, you see. Uh, yeah, but Amazon will turn them onto it. Sure, Amazon will turn them onto it. Amazon censors. Everyone's censoring a certain rant right now. And as it relates to science, that rant is against the Beauchampian, Claude Bernard, those models. And this is what I'm talking about. Here's look at Virchow. Picture one here with Virchow. Just blow it up and take a look. Now, Virchow was the father of modern pathology. This guy didn't have a, he didn't learn this on a farm. These were impeccably educated men, no less intelligent, no less insightful than what we call the impeccably educated today. And there he is, and look at it. If I could give my life over again, I would devote it to proving that germs seek their natural habitat. Germs seek their natural habitat. Diseased tissue. What's he saying? He's saying that before you get sick from COVID, your tissue's diseased. Before COVID takes the spike protein, gets into the cell, 
by fusing with your ACE receptor in the lung or in the kidney or wherever else it hits you, that cell has to be diseased. And fundamentally, biophysically, it suggests that its magnetic field has been reduced in the presence of everything that robs you of your health. One piece of which is radiation. Take a healthy cell, put it in a biophysically defunct terrain, a magnetic field that will deplete it, and the virus has easy penetration. And that's the way it works. And these guys, without understanding biophysics, over 100 years ago, were understanding it empirically as true scientists. Not the scientists bought and owned by John D. Rockefeller, you see? And the point is, is this going on today? Bill Gates may well be just a modern day John D. Rockefeller. Ask yourself this, how much money is Bill Gates going to put into his pocket? Or the pocket of the people around him? And weigh that against the veracity, the authenticity, the sincerity, and the discernment of the statements. If you don't follow the money trail, you have not learned a thing. But let's not get into that. Let's just look at the fact that Virchow is saying, don't think of COVID as something that's gonna get you. Think of COVID as something that gets you when your tissues are diseased already. And what does that mean? Well, what it means is what you're not getting each and every day from the CDC or from Dr. Fauci or from Dr. Burks or from anybody else that represents that standard allopathic model. There's the book. Get the book. It's a fascinating book. It really shows you the inside track on what has evolved now at this point as one-way medicine. Kill it or forget about it. Here's Bernard, picture number three. Claude Bernard, he was the dude. I mean, he was the Nobel dude. He's before the Nobel Prize, but he, at his time, was the king. And these guys made money. They were wealthy. They were impeccably educated. But we didn't have the kind of concentration in wealth in science at that time. And that is significant. Not that there's anything wrong with wealth, but financial interest has a way of skewing perception. And it's ignorant to think that science prevents that, because it doesn't. If you study science, in the end, you will see, you can look at the same thing from the left or from the right and draw two absolutely different conclusions. I put this on for a reason. I'm gonna go through it with you. Picture number four. Here, let me get back to that. Little tech here. Yeah, there's picture four. The seed versus the soil. Again, this is a common theme. Back in the 1880s, 1890s, Enderlin, he was a microscopist and microbiologist out of Germany. Another guy you're not looking at here. I have a microscope. I look at people's blood. You can do two things when you look at people's blood. You can delude yourself as some holistic oriented nut job and tell them you can see things in that blood that you can't see. 
And I know lots of people that do this. Or you can deny its essential validity. And again, the seed here. Really, if Pasteur and Bernard sat down over a scotch or two, 10 to 20 in Pasteur's case, they'd probably shake hands and agree. This dichotomy was not as great back then. It has turned into something. And I'll tell you why it's turned into something, because scroll down to picture 13. There's Flexner. There's the guy that gutted the standard medical curriculum for over 30, 40 years. There's the guy that took apart the curriculums that medical doctors studied that included a great deal of, of holistic or natural medicine. And that's what made the controversy. The chiropractors and the osteopaths and the nutritionists and the doctors of natural medicine, and MDs included, didn't like it, argued against it. Do you know the first head of the FDA was essentially a naturopath? Names like Tilden, John, Hev John Harvey Kellogg, these cats were big medical dudes. They had their classic training and they were doctors of natural medicine and they were respected when the FDA began to corporatize of the work done by Flexner, funded by none other than John D. Rockefeller, who had funded the Pasteur Institute, we started to see the change so that by 1950, if you mentioned things like enemas, coffee enemas, nutrition, anything outside drugs, you were ostracized, you were considered a criminal, and ultimately you were persecuted for practicing medicine without a license or practicing medicine outside your scope, which was just as liable. This really happened, and this is happening again. All right, let's get Beauchamp here, picture five, 1816 to 1908. So this all went down, not yesterday. Healthy tissue immune to germ function. There's that theme again. Germs are opportunists. I call COVID the bully. Obviously, from the statistical standpoint, COVID is a bully. You've got a 0.15, That's a little more than a tenth of 1% of all the deaths to COVID are kids between zero and 20. That's a bully. That doesn't even stand up to the flu. It's a weakling next to the smallpox. It is a weakling next to the Spanish flu. So why is it such a big deal when the numbers, why have we closed the schools? Point, of course, is that these viruses go after people who, who have all the indices of health very much below par. So take the cities. Let's take New York City. Let's take a convalescent home. Well, isn't it obvious? People are sick. People are old. Nothing works. The terrain has been destroyed. And there's things you can do about that, things that we didn't do, things that have to do with tracing, things that have to do with contact tracing, things that have to do with doing drugs. And in the end, and this is one of my points, if we have a safe vaccine for those people, it ought to be utilized. 
But why is your kid getting 30, 40 vaccines? Is it impossible that the combination of that much attenuation, hankering, peckering into systems that we don't really understand can have adverse effects? And are and is this being su suggested already? Look, you watch him in the movies and he's an advocate because he lived it, and that's De Niro. But forget De Niro, what about Vaxxed, De Niro's film, Del Big Tree's production? And what about the fact that this stuff is being censored? Even if those people are wrong, they should not be censored. And that they are being censored should remind you of something. It should, should suggest something. It should tap a little piece of you that says that once you go down that road, where does it end? It should remind you that the United States of America off the Constitution was supposed to be different. And the amount of it now, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Google, should alarm you. If for nothing, this should alarm you. And then second base is, well, if they're that busy censoring, there must be a piece of truth here. And now I told you the story. John D. Rockefeller, whose dad was a snake oil salesman. Look this up yourself. Invested in the Pasteur Institute. And although it may have had merit, and I discussed that part one, ultimately, it was very jaded. All right. Now, there's Rockefeller Medicine. It's an 11-minute video on how the history of holistic medicine was removed. You've got to watch it. Trump, of course, all right, has a point. And his point continually is, is that big pharma has gotten very, very, very big. Its claws reach, if you follow the money trail, into the media, into the educational systems. And when your average 70 year old is on multiple drugs and being told this is the way to health against side effect and against no education in the true meaning of health, which you see playing itself out with Fauci now. Why didn't, with all the money we spent on the coronavirus, why didn't we, as we appointed a committee for infectious disease headed by Fauci and secondarily by Burks, why haven't we appropriated equal amounts of money to teach people living in apartments cramped in inner cities to do the things that they can do to build health? You have to ask yourself that question. Then you have to ask yourself why people that do present an alternate view are censored. Trump is hip to this. He's hip to the long, long tentacles of pharmaceutical medicine. I'm hip and asking you to get hip to the long history of this. And it goes back a long, long way. Here's an article that comes out this week, top of the article, top health officials, this mask thing. This article's coming up. There we go. Europe's top health officials say masks aren't helping in beating COVID-19. Now, any of you that have listened to this show, that have gone through the websites, 
I've got at least, I don't know, 10, 12 peer-reviewed articles from outstanding journals, respected journals, and lots of respected physicians, microbiologists, epidemiologists, all stating this mask thing is a joke. I'm down here in Orange County. Go to a Starbucks, a bagel store, a bakery. Go shopping at Trader Joe's. And against all of this, people have been brainwashed. Brainwashed. And if you were to pay them, if you were to pay them to sit down, if you were to give them five times the amount of money they make in a week to sit down and consider alternate viewpoints, they haven't heard one of them. Not one. And you have to ask yourself, how did we produce in the richest country in the world the highest levels of chronic disease the world has ever known? Chronic disease, yes. We have used the antibiotic and we have used hygiene and to some extent we've used the vaccine effectively. But by and large, what have we gotten at the other end of the equal sign? The highest cancer rate in the world. And it is not because we're living longer. It's because we are sicker than any generation in the history of man. Sicker. We may live longer, propped up with our vitals working, but more debilitated than any time in our history. So it's about discernment here. It's about a public that's not educated and not understanding that masks will work against you, that will give you a false sense of security is what this article is about. So let's take a look. Top medical experts in the world can't decide if masks are helpful in reducing the spread or just making things worse. Point being, Denmark boasts of one of the lowest COVID-19 rates in the world. Danes have suffered only 600 COVID deaths. Despite this success, leaders recently found themselves on the defensive. The reason is the Danes aren't wearing face masks and local authorities, for the most part, never recommended. There's one. You read the rest of it. It's the whole point. Now, when we had the flu to deal with before COVID, we were working this out. We were taking the surgical face mask. We were taking the cloth face mask. We were running all sorts of studies. You can take a face mask. You can put it in a room. You can blow air through it. And you can see through certain types of optics what's coming out on the other side. Then you can take a face mask and you can suck air through it from the inside, and you can measure what's being received through the face mask. And characteristic of those studies is that the coronavirus, as well as influenza, most of these were done with influenza, but the two transmit relatively the same way. And on that basis, we found they don't really protect people from viruses. What's outside will get in and what's inside will get out. Now, who's saying this from the empirical standpoint? Surgeons, all your doctors, even Dr. Gundry a few weeks ago, 
Dr. Drew, Dr. Oz, even our public celebrity medical doctors. But if you get behind the front line to people who are not in the media, to people who don't have commercial shows, to people who are not industrialized, and just talk to, well, retired epidemiologists, retired scientists, they tell you more emphatically, this stuff doesn't work. So you have to ask yourself, if you have this much viewpoint, first, why are these viewpoints censored? And they are censored. Censorship is real. Everyone from, well, even our president gets censored now. Community guidelines. I can tell you that censorship is a reality if you have a non-pharmaceutical viewpoint. And whether you bring to view the very same studies from the very same journals that our very same censors populate, it doesn't matter. You're censored. People standing online like idiots in Trader Joe's all day long, in Starbucks, throughout the world, ought to ask themselves, when, well, there is that thing called vitamin D, not vitamin D from supplements, but from sunlight. Well, there is that thing from sunlight. Well, there is that thing to deal with about sleep, about the fact that insomnia has become a normal sleep. You know what sleep is? Sleep is when you fall asleep and when you wake up, you don't know you were asleep. It's that sleep, well, maybe you've had once or twice in your life. It's that sleep that you remember years later because you haven't had anything close since then. It's the sleep none of us get anymore. That kind of sleep pumps the ventricles of the brain and the ventricular pump of the brain is the intelligence of the immune system. Sunlight, not through LASIK-bound eyes. Sunlight, not through synthetic lenses that we call cataract surgeries, but natural sunlight at sunrise through the pupil of the eye, through the lens that God gave you into the pineal is the fundamental and seeds the fundamental intelligence of the immune system. How come we're not learning that? How come we're not learning how to regulate insulin flow? Yeah, we know diabetes is a comorbidity and prediabetes is a comorbidity. Who's taught how to check your blood sugar? You know, most people don't even know how to do that. Most people thinking they eat a healthy diet don't understand what their blood sugar is like most of the day. Don't understand everything from testosterone to aggressivity of the macrophage, the immune system cell, along with the dendritic cell that we depend upon doesn't function if your blood sugar is dysregulated. Oh yeah, I know, you're okay. You don't have to worry. Your medical doctor told you you're fine. No, you're not fine, there's a huge difference. You don't hear about this. Between regulating the blood sugar optimally and crossing that line into prediabetes and then diabetes proper. Long before you are ever told you're diabetic, you're destroying your immune system, because your blood sugar and insulin are being dysregulated. What about the autonomic nervous system? What about the fact that we don't know how to relax like our dogs relax and our cats? We don't know how to relax like nature, untampered, unscathed by industry knows how to relax. We don't know how to relax like even our children 
know how to relax. Does anybody tell you the sympathetic fibers drive cytokine storm? Has anybody, has Dr. Fauci or Dr. Burks, has any institution, has any resource in the trillions we've devoted to COVID ever actually laid down a documentary showing you what cytokine storm, which turns your lungs to jelly or your kidneys or your heart or your brain, that cytokine storm is simply a stressed body that doesn't know how to induce vagal function, the vagus nerve out of your brain that gives you the experience of chill, of relaxation. It doesn't work in people anymore. How could it? How can you live in Manhattan? How can you live in an apartment building in Manhattan? How can you go to Queens? I'm from Queens, Elmhurst. I was born in that hospital. You walk those streets, there's no such thing as chill. Urban life has made us rats, rats running scared. And those kind of people lose autonomic balance. Why aren't we told anything about that? And I could go on forever. The lymphatic systems, most of your immune system is in your gut and your lymphatic system. Why isn't Dr. Fauci reminding us that? People don't even know what that means, but you do. You're ahead of the curve. You listen to this show because for 10 years you learned the inside track to health. That's my passion. My passion is to give you both sides of the fence. There should only be one medicine. There should only be one way to do things. The best way in alignment with the systems that were already put there. And that still leaves us lots of room for attenuation. It leaves us lots of room to alter what's already there. But it has to be done with respect to what's already there. This is not the premise on which science works anymore. Read Schauberger, Victor Schauberger. Schauberger's statement was to study nature, study nature when it betrays you, and figure out how to give nature a hand. And if that means a vaccine, well, then let it mean a vaccine. That's very different than how we work with cancer today. It's very different than how we work with vaccines today. By the time you're told that terrible day that you have a terminal cancer, early on they begin genetic testing. This is the new wave, and it's to an extent barking up the wrong tree. They test you genetically. They want to see the sequence of genes that finally turn the cancer on, that break the cell cycle and dysregulate it so that as your cells multiply, they don't know when to stop multiplying. They multiply so fast and so unruly that they become gargoyles, monsters. That your children, your progeny, the progeny of the cell, as it replicates, becomes a Frankenstein, an uncontrolled replication pattern, so that when we look at these cells under the microscopes, we don't even recognize them anymore. We don't know who our children are anymore. Well, that is genetically induced. And when we figure out what genes are there, we tell you. And of course, our drugs now are immunotherapies. And those immunotherapies are given to turning off those genes. It sounds good on paper, but you see, we're blocking up the wrong tree. We're blocking up the wrong tree because you see, you're playing genetic roulette 
with an organism. Cancer is an organism, like viruses are organisms. And when you play genetic chess with them, they go into their think tank, they flip their genes around a lot faster than we do, and they spit back out a solution. And this is why we've never won the war on cancer. This is why, as Seyfried said, Thomas Seyfried out of Boston University, cancer is a metabolic problem. It is not a genetic problem. It is the same thing, my friends, with immunity. I implore you to understand, if we have to keep mankind optimized by giving our children 30 to 40 to 50 vaccines by the time they're 10 or 12 years old, what does that mean in 50 years? And you see my point. And while we're so busy spending all our known resources figuring out the next vaccine so Bill Gates can get richer, so Fauci can get more famous, what does that leave us with as the ecosystem depletes, as health becomes non-existent, as you can go to any college anywhere in the United States and experience the relative ignorance of our young as it relates to what a health practice is? I'm down at Cal State Long Beach. I've been there a while. I know the 20-year-olds there. At this point, unbelievable to me. I'm old enough to be, no, not their father, but their grandfather. I don't even know what I'm looking at anymore. I'm not looking at young people. I'm definitely not looking at the kind of young people I grew up with. They don't have any bones. Yeah, they don't have any bones. Their bones are made of mush. We aren't producing healthy kids anymore with all the vaccines and all the cesareans and all the supposed statistics we tout that we're so proud of because we're a modern day man and allopathy has given us the highest standard of health ever. No, it hasn't. It's given us the appearance of it. And that's really come full circle now in the argument. It's called discernment. But here's the catch. Discernment's a function of the earth. Discernment's a function of the frequency that comes out of the earth. And a dwindling earth will leave us in gross default. Something that no amount of genetic engineering and vaccines will ever replace. That's what Bill Gates should think about with some of his research money. Okay, guys. Get on the show, listen to the first part again, get through these, get through these wonderful videos I've put on. Absolutely fascinating. Fact check me, fact check me, fact check me, and then send this information to your friends and have them fact check me. Remove yourself from your biases, look at both sides, understand each side has merit. But generally and unfortunately, neither side executes with discretion. All right, guys, we'll see you next week. No doubt you'll hear from me. Ta-ta.